Greetings. You're listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast, and this is episode 27. Well, hey there. Let's start with Happy Black History Month or Happy African History Month. Myself, I prefer Happy African History Month, but I know that the traditional name in the UK is Happy Black History Month. We're into the second week in October and it already feels as if October is over and we're racing towards the end of 2019 and trying to see whether we can get businesses set up before the end of 2019. Now, if you need help with this, then why not consider joining my free online masterclass where I'll give you some tips and tricks that you can use to start your business before the end of 2019. If this is something you're interested in, then all you need to do is click the link at the bottom of the show notes where you're listening to this podcast. Okay, that said, I hope you had a prosperous week. My week? Well, it's been a great week. And I've changed up the order of the podcast this week and slipped this episode in because I wanted to talk about the UK Black Business Show which took place on the 5th of October 2019 at the QE2 Centre in Westminster in London. Now, it's the second time I've been to this event and I have to say that I really enjoyed the event this year. It isn't that I didn't enjoy the event last year, but I just think I enjoyed the event more this year. This year's event also coincided with the largest African market event, which took place at the New Bingley Hall in Hockley in Birmingham. And if I could have split myself in two, I would have done. Because for the first time in the UK, we had two events at the same time, which gathered over 4,000 African descent people to come and network, engage and support UK black businesses. And for me, that is always a great thing, particularly because we can often feel that black people in the UK are not doing anything positive in the business world. Both events showcase the beauty of black people like you and I, who took the plunge and started small businesses and side hustles. In this podcast, I want to pay particular attention to the UK Black Business Show and the things that I researched whilst I was there. Now, almost every one of the business owners that I spoke with and networked with whilst I was at the UK Black Business Show told me that they were still in employment but had started a small business or side hustle and were in the process of making plans to quit their jobs, sack their bosses and take the plunge into their business full time. And I just thought, well, that's great because what it shows is that the model that we're using does work. Not that it can work. It does work. 
Because believe me when I tell you, the businesses that I saw at the UK Black Business Show were not small businesses. These businesses were buzzing and their owners were making money. And what it told me is that those people with a plan to slowly buy back their time are the ones who will be focused on living their best lives. And so for me, any plan that we have that is focused on making new money to buy back our time is better than no plan at all just to stay in the job. So I thought that that aspect of the UK Black Business Show was really inspiring. The other inspirational thing were the speakers at the event who were really informative. And I walked away with one or two golden nuggets of business information, even for an old business head like me. This year, it was really evident just how much social media is influencing how businesses are run. Social media platforms have become huge influencers and editorial spaces in their own right. And if we ever think we are going to run businesses without these platforms, we're only fooling ourselves and putting our businesses at a huge disadvantage. What's clear is that huge numbers of people who we might want to buy our products and services in the future are living life on social media and our job is to reach them in meaningful ways. If we don't, we're leaving huge amounts of money on the table for someone else to grab and if we allow others to grab those money opportunities, it will be others who will be sacking their bosses and living their best lives because African descent people will be a step behind. So that's what I picked up the most. The other nugget that I picked up is that black businesses that are starting in the last two, three years have also revolutionized their payment systems. You know what I mean. You would go to a show, you would see a stall or a black business exhibiting and you'd want to buy something and they get out the cash tin. And then we go through the whole drama of, do I have enough change? Let me go and see if I can get some change. Uh, do you have anything smaller? Not this year. I bought goods and services from a number of businesses this year. And every single business that I bought with had an online card reader. Basically meaning that they travel around with online payment systems that can fit into your pocket. And when you're ready to buy, they pull out these online systems, you place your card on top of them and your payment is taken there and then. No cash, no hassle and 100% secure. Now that showed me that not only are our businesses focused on how to make sure they don't leave any customers on the table, but also that what customers do come to them, they are able to take their payment in any way the customer wants. And it is the first time that I have ever seen this. And it was a real pleasure to behold, because what it means is that 
African people, black people are taking business seriously now. So those were the two nuggets that I took away from the Black Business Show. And now that I've shared that information with you, I want to talk about the other thing I did whilst at the UK Black Business Show. Okay, so you know I'm a researcher, right? Well, whilst at the event, I wanted to see if there had been any change to the top five businesses black people are setting up in the UK. Now, remember... I'm not looking at the businesses that already exist, because if I were to do this, we would still see that Dumpling and Jollof shops hold the spot as having the most numbers of businesses owned by African and Caribbean people. Nah, what I wanted to explore is whether there have been any changes in the types of businesses black people are setting up since I last looked at this in 2009. Now, the reason I did it this year is because last year I didn't have the podcast. And so I went to the UK Black Business Show and I just looked around. So last year, one of my goals was to set up this podcast and to start to report about black businesses. So this year, because I have the podcast, I decided to do that research proper. Now, in 2009, the top five businesses black people were setting up then kind of went like this. At number five were home services business. We saw a big increase in offerings like cleaning services, ironing services, gardening and man with a van delivery services. At number four, were general small-scale businesses, which included things like selling things we were making ourselves, like clothing and jewellery, handbags and hobby-type materials. At number three were retail businesses, which included businesses like convenience stores and boutique clothing shops. Remember those? We used to see them up and down the high street. When business rates allowed black people to run their businesses on the high street, we used to have far more shops that were like convenience stores where you could go in and buy things off the shelves. At number two was hair and beauty shops. What more can I say? African and Caribbean women spend the most in the world on their hair. Last year, it was 20 billion US dollars. The end. And at number one were food shops. And again, what can I say? African and Caribbean people and our dumpling and jollof shops were the businesses we were most likely to set up in 2009. So I wanted to see whether things had changed. And I decided to do that at the UK Black Business Show. Because if I was going to get a steer about the kinds of businesses black people are setting up in the UK then we're better to look at this than at the biggest black business show in the country. So off I went and I visited almost all of the 110 black businesses that were exhibiting at the event. And those I didn't see, I followed up in the event guide, which gave a listing of all the black businesses at the event. Then after the event, I went online and I also looked at some trade and commerce information 
to give me an overview of what black people are doing in business in the UK in 2019. And this is what I found. At number five, we see the emergence of food development companies where black people are emulating Levi Roots and are developing their own branded products. I saw things like pepper sauces and cooking sauces, different types of biscuits and healthy crackers, alongside new approaches to drinks like rum punch and traditional sorrel and other African and Caribbean drinks. Now, the reason why this emerging trend is important is because it moves African and Caribbean food from just living on our local high streets. And businesses are now developing more exportable products that can be traded across the UK, but more importantly, across the world. That development is lifting brand black or brand African from traditional dumpling and jollof shops that live on the high street to now include products that appeal beyond our traditional markets. And if, like everyone else, we're running businesses to make money, then developing products that can appeal to mass markets is a great way to go if your passion is to start a business in the food industry. And every aspect of research shows that developing products that appeal to African descent people, as well as mass markets, is a hugely undertapped market. You only have to look at the adverts on TV and you'll know that certain genres of adverts, if they want to sell in a mass way, will use black people to sell those products. And so if you're developing products for African descent people, and we are the people using those products, then we know that pretty soon the whole world will follow and use those products. So for me, that was great to see and a new emergence in the market. At number four is the growing area of personal services. But guess what? Those services have really changed. We've diversified beyond our traditional business offerings like building services, plumbing, electrical services, cleaning, ironing, gardening and man with a van type services, all of which are great services and are still very much needed. But now we include businesses like legal services, wealth management and property development, particularly property development in other countries and particularly the Caribbean. We're moving on from building our own homes back home to having the types of investment capital that enables us to try new bills. We had showings at the UK Black Business Show from Jamaica and St. Lucia with beautiful brochures for houses that we could buy ready-built. And those houses had comparable prices to the UK and if not cheaper prices. And what was on offer was huge. And we're not talking dibby-dibby properties. We're talking about us being able to buy properties in the Caribbean, the likes of which we could only ever dream about owning in the West. And what we know from the large number of hands that went up from people who own their own homes in the UK is that we have a lot of people who are asset rich, meaning that they have divestible incomes or investment capital 
that they could use to invest in properties outside of the UK. And that for me is a change that I have not seen before. And that's huge. In this same genre of business, I also saw breakthroughs in interior design businesses, personal health businesses, personal coaching and mentor services, all of which were run by women. Now, what that tells me is that black women are breaking through into the personal services arena and we are widening our brief away from the more traditional personal services like hair salons. And we're now including personal services that also appeal to mass markets. But more importantly, that black people are spending money on these services and we're beginning to invest in ourselves on a completely different level. And that level that we're investing on sees us able to compete with businesses that have traditionally served African and Caribbean communities across the Western world. We're now breaking into those markets. We do have people who want interior design services, but they want a black service. And so to see those kinds of services breaking through was a real pleasure for me. All businesses started from somewhere and there's room for every business to grow into the name brand businesses that we know of today. The pleasing thing for me is that we're in the room now. And that means these types of businesses have just as good a chance of growing as any other business in this genre. At number three, it used to be small scale business, but now we're seeing a new kid on the block. We now see a huge growth in digital and entrepreneurial business support services. So we're seeing things like technology repair companies, brand building companies, logo design companies, personal business development services like business setup packages, business support services like legal tax and accounting businesses, all owned and all run by black people. We saw technology businesses which include full customer online experiences from app development to streamlined online purchasing systems, customer relations management businesses and the most surprising change is the arrival of venture capital type businesses. Now, why is this important? It's important because number one, it's the first time I've ever met Black venture capitalists who are ordinary people down to earth like you and I. It's the first time I've ever met black venture capitalists who just look like you could walk up to them in the street. That for me is huge and it's important because we're seeing the emergence of businesses that are set up to invest in the creation and development of other black businesses. This is great because what it means is that if you're someone with a solid business idea, but you can't find the investment to start your business, we now have black venture capital businesses that are in the business of making money by funding the startup and growth of other black businesses. And in that arena, when you're pitching for startup investment, you're more likely to be sat in front of someone who understands your business and understands where you, the black person, wanting to start this business is coming from. 
they're more likely to understand you when you talk about how you're going to reach your markets. They're more likely to be able to visualize how you say you're going to be able to grow your business and protect their investment. And so to see the emergence of these types of businesses tells me that we are breaking through some of these concrete ceilings that are still dominated by white businesses. But at least we are in the room and at least we're in the room and in a position to service our own people. And that for me was the revelation of 2019. I did not know this. And so to see it with my own eyes gave me such pleasure because what it means is that we're getting to a point where we can service every aspect of business development that black people have from the thought process through to the startup process, through to the development process, through to the customer relations management process and right through to the quality of servicing that we're providing. And that's no mean feat, let me tell you. Okay, so now I've stopped gushing. At number two, we've seen a huge growth in what I call general businesses. In 2009, this sector of businesses was at number four. And the fact that I now see these types of businesses sitting in the second most popular slot is testament to the growing confidence in this sector of the market. In this sector of the market, we see businesses like adult fashion, children's fashion, women's specialist shoes like large size footwear, specialist handbags and specialist greeting cards. In fact, anything that doesn't fit into the other business areas that I've just talked about. I saw exhibitor after exhibitor with some of the most beautiful women's clothes, for example, which were designed with African and Caribbean women in mind. But what has changed this year is the emergence of so many specifically designed clothes for African and Caribbean men. Beautiful sports jackets with styling to die for. If I'd been hunting for a jacket... I would have been spoilt for choice at this event. And that, for me, shows that we are moving beyond the traditional things that we normally see on the stalls of black businesses. I saw T-shirts designed for street activism. I saw beautiful shoes, for example, that I wanted to buy. But these were shoes for women with large feet. Now, normally, when you have to buy shoes and you've got large sizing, you're normally at the back of the shop and they pull out the shoes and they blow off the dust because nobody generally buys those sizes. So to still see that business emerging now in 2019 and having a whole online presence tells me that we are really thinking about how to keep our businesses in business. So it was a real pleasure to see some of the amazing clothes and products made by Africans for Africans, but importantly, for anyone else who fancies wearing them. And the reasons why these types of businesses are emerging and growing now 
is because of the role that the internet plays in supporting our businesses to stay in business. And finally, at number one, the sector that saw the most businesses set up in 2019 is what I call hair and beauty. Now, remember, in 2009, this type of business was at number two in the market. And at number one was our dumpling and jollof shops. This business has broken through into the number one slot. We just don't stop. You see, when it comes to hair, skin and nails, we black women, we have no behaviour. We will spend what it takes to make ourselves feel like our hair, skin and nails are doing better than we are. And in response to this, there's been a huge number of businesses that have crashed through and emerged into the visible business market to push this sector into the number one business spot. And what is it that has done the damage to other sectors? It's the push for natural hair. For the first time ever, when I looked at the businesses in this sector, I saw less wigs and weaves. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But what I am saying is that that is not the only market for black women's hair. For the first time ever, I saw more products designed to glorify and groom natural hair, which for me, a natural hair worshipper, if you know me, is a great sight to behold. And I spent money because there has been so little on the market for natural hair that when I see it and when I see I have a choice, I dive right in with my purse and my pounds. And so to see this sector emerge, in fact, the sector was that big. It had a whole room to itself at the Queen Elizabeth II Centre in Westminster. That's how big the sector is now. And to see so many African women there with their natural hair, beautifully combed, beautifully styled and products galore to strengthen your hair, to make your hair glossy, to grow your hair. It was an amazing sight to behold. And it was such a natural change for someone with natural hair like me. And what it tells me is that, yes, we are still wedded to wigs and weaves, but coming up at a rate faster than I have ever seen is the push towards servicing the market for African women who want to keep their natural hair. And let me tell you, those businesses were making some serious money because there is a huge untapped market out there. And that is the major shift in the hair and beauty sector. Because now that our people are making these products, when we go to them and we say, I have this problem with my hair or that problem with my hair, they are genuinely able to tell you from a position of knowing black women's hair or black men's hair or black children's hair, they are 
in a position to knowingly be able to tell you what will work and more importantly, what will not work. And that's why this sector is the fastest growing sector in 2019. So there you have it. The top five businesses set up by African descent people in 2019 are food development businesses at number five, home services businesses at number four, general businesses and business offering personal services at number three, digital entrepreneurial businesses at number two and hair and beauty businesses at number one. For me, I hope this episode gives you some inspiration because with everything that's going on in the UK at the moment and the attempt to deliberately depress the market and push the country into recession, what I saw is that African descent people have disposable incomes and we are now beginning to see the emergence of black businesses that have the capacity to reach its customers and attract some of that spending power. I hope you see yourself here and I hope you've heard something that will inspire you to think, well, why not me? Why not me? If you want to start to set up your business by the end of 2019, then click the link at the bottom of the show notes where you're listening to this podcast and you can reserve your seat in my free online masterclass where you can start your journey. Until next week, you've been listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. My name is Dr. Asha and I'm out.